kidding me? He knows that I have a very sensitive stomach and a very weak heart. And so first, you just, you, does, is there anyone named Todd here? There's not, right? That name doesn't even exist anymore. Have y'all noticed that? Did you ever, like, I, I used to know a guy named Todd. He's probably not dead, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anyone named Todd anymore. So I'm like, man, we'll use that name Todd for tonight. So anyways, Todd. Todd brings orange juice with pulp. And Becky doesn't want pulp. And so you always got that other friend who's just very sensible and not clinically insane like you are. And um, they just try to calm you down. But you're just being very extra right now, like are really mad about pulp. And so then that friend's just like, Becky, it's just pulp. It's just juice. Like, that's an answer or something. Like, like Beth gets mad at me all the time. She's like, eh, I'll catch up. That's how she talks. She's like, eh, I'll catch up. And I'm like, Beth, it's just ketchup. And she's like, that doesn't mean anything. What does that even mean? And she's right. It literally means nothing. And I checked my heart, and I came to the conclusion that I think it's just a really lazy answer. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, it makes sense to me. But anyways, she's, back to Becky, right? And so Becky's like, yeah, but you just don't get it. It's not about why Todd did it. It's about what he did. And so, and Becky really hits me in the heart um, with that kind of quote. It's just marvelous. She's like, yeah, but, and we all have been in Becky's mindset, right? Becky's not a real person, by the way. But we've all been in Becky's mindset. Like, it's usually not about why, but we usually get upset because of what someone did to us, right? Not why they did it. Sometimes it could be the other way around, but we usually find out what people do to us before we find out why, right? Like, you don't find out why and then find out what it is later. Like, it's like someone threw your laundry all over the floor. You don't know why, but you're mad. Your laundry's on the floor, right? Like you're just, uh, here's another scenario if you still can't get this for any reason. Um, so how many of y'all have road rage? Yeah? Uh, okay, this should definitely be more hands, but it's okay. We're in church, so you don't have to be honest or anything. But we get hurt from what that is done to us uh, first, not the why. So if we look at road rage, um, okay, so when someone jumps in front of you without using their turn signals, and then they're going 90 miles per hour, and they cut you off, and they stopped at a yield sign, and then they keep going at another 100 miles per hour, you, you don't know their situation and their heart, right? Like, you're not, you're not sitting, there's no way that you can do that, right? You have no idea why they're going 90 miles per hour, right? You're just mad. You're like, stop cutting me off. Stop cutting people off. And you start, like, trying to race them for some reason, like, tailgate them. And you're like, if you wreck me, I'm going to just sue you or something. You're just, like, you're just so mad at literally nothing you can say can make sense or justify what you're doing. You're just a mad driver. But you don't know if they're, like, you know, really, really just a bad driver or if they're in an actual emergency or they're trying to get somewhere really quick or they're just late to work. Like, we just, we don't really even, like, kind of care about the why at that moment. It's more about what is being done right there, right? And so, so these are joking examples, but this is kind of the power of a what that, of what has against us, and I say what, like as in like a what is usually like a circumstance or, or uh, an object or materials or things that are just being done to us that can get in our way. And so it has very few pros usually, like your what has very few pros, but a large amount of cons. So what I mean by that, if it makes zero sense to you, is what does my next paycheck look like? That's a what. That's something that you're worried about. You're stressing. Uh, you don't have peace. 
And then you have, uh, what do they do to deserve a better grade than me? Or, or what did they do to get a better paycheck than me? They got more hours. They got more money. Um, what was my grade in that exam I took? Uh, what am I going to do for my career now that I failed all my classes? Um, like, <laughs> I hope not. But um, what am I going to do for gas and for food since I just spent all my money on watching some movies this weekend and going to get $16 popcorn and uh, $7 soda, $16 popcorn, yes, and, uh, and a lot of soda. Like, you, you're just, you're so worried over these what's, right? And, and don't get me wrong, it makes sense. It's logical. It's not like, like you just can't understand, like, why someone would be affected or just hurt by, by something that is in their life. So, and our world just seems con- consumed and ran by these things. Like these small little things that kind of just get in our way and irritate us. And then we have to go through the aftermath of like either apologizing or like trying to figure out like, man, I think I overreacted last week, yesterday, last month. And um, we begin to just like always deal with the aftermath. But we never find a solution to why we really have these breakdowns or anger, uh, like little temper tantrums, uh, before the thing occurs or is finished, I guess. So these are usually things that just panic us or they hurt us. Um, they could be people, they could be your job, they could be your school, they could be anything. Um, but these what's are always thrown at us. They're like obstacles. And the why, so this is the only calmed and protected, uh, this is only... I guess, affected uh, by your why. So the why is a sinner. Uh, it's what matters the most. So why do you do what you do and who do you do them for? Like, have y'all heard that quote before? Um, you see that in like teachers' classrooms or on boards when someone wants to sound like a really good leader or put it on a slide like me. And so you're like, why do you do what you do and who do you do them for? Um, but it really makes sense and it, and it has a lot of meaning. Once you know why you do the things that you do, and who it's for, your what's are shaped and they're dealt with. And, it, and that's where you find the peace, the comfort, the rest. And um, that's where there's a lot more wholeness. And, and we'll get there and we're going to look at that tonight. But what we're really focusing on right now is just what we mean when we say like, you know, these what's are in your, lay, your way or what's keeping you from, what's keeping you from being a better you, what's keeping you from, from following God, what's keeping you from being a better Christian, being a better, uh, better dis- disciple, oh my Lord, I can't speak, but being a better disciple, um, what are these things that are kind of in your way in life in general? And so sometimes it's because we, we fall into depression or anxiety or just overwhelming stress. And um, I've been there for sure. Like I would probably be, I would definitely be lying if I said I've never had stress or anxiety attacks or panic attacks. And it's usually because I don't really understand, I don't really know how to handle the situations. And and I'm not really looking at why I'm doing the thing I'm doing and who I'm doing it for. So I want to share with y'all just a little really quick story of um, uh, something that falls under to me the category of why do you do what you do. Um, I, I, so when I first joined Chi Alpha um, and began growing, I, I remember that we had a, a world mission summit. And so we'll be getting another one, and, and I think the next year. They happen every four years. So um, I remember it was my first year. I was in LTC, and um, what world mission summit is, is it's for those that— um, that it's just all about global growth and missional things. It's about growing the kingdom. 
It's about sending and going. And that year it was just super huge on, on going. Like they were encouraging you to like, just pick a country and you're going to go to that country. And I was like, holy cow, I just became a Christian. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I didn't really even believe in God two years ago. And they're like telling me to go to countries and stuff. And I was freaking out. The whole thing was, it was awesome and it was amazing. But I didn't have the same drive and motive in my heart. I didn't really know and I couldn't comprehend why people were like so excited over this. Like they're like, oh, a mission trip. And they're like running to booths and they're putting their names down for everything. And they're like, send me, send me. And I was like, what is going on? And, um, and I just, I couldn't really understand it. I was like, this is kind of weird. I'm just here for like a lot of the free stuff they're handing out, I guess. But, um, and at this point I was, I was a Christian and like, at the time, too, I remember one of the services, it was one of the last services they had, they did um, an altar call. So they, they were allowing people to have the opportunity to choose to go and to give a year, or um, they were doing give a year, give a lifetime, and um, even, even months, like you can do two months, you can do a whole summer, six months, and I was just sitting there like, like people were just, I remember having the thoughts like, why are people crying? Why are people really, really happy? Is everyone okay? Like, what is going on? There's like hundreds of people walking to uh, the altar down at the, the, where the service was taking place, like towards the front. And I just remember sitting there like, man, why, are, like, I don't get what these people are doing. Like, why are they committing a whole summer, a whole lifetime? Like, I was like, what, what are they doing or what do they have that I don't? And, and I think it was just because I didn't really know why I was doing what I was doing like they did. They knew what their life was for. They knew what their life meant. They knew uh, how to be sacrificial with their life. They knew how to, to give something over to God. Um, they understood what it meant to have God in the center of your life. And for it to not be you or to be your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your, even your parents. Like they knew what it meant to like legit live for God. And, and it just made sense to them. Like, you didn't have to, like, I guess, really even talk to them. It wouldn't be like, hey, you know what you just did, right? You just signed up to do a whole year in uh, Thailand or something. Like, you don't have to go and ask them that. Like, they know, they're fully aware of what they did and, and what they chose to do. And, and it's a hard thing to comprehend, too. And uh, George Otis Jr., um, he has a great breakdown of this in his book. And he says, um, so your motives and your choices breaks down into three categories. The first category is supreme choices. And so this one is may only be made for the highest good of God and your fellow brothers and sisters or for the gratification of self. So supreme choices is it's all your choices. They all lead to either the good, the highest good of God or your fellow brothers and sisters. And if it's not those two, then you're doing it for, for yourself. And so that's, that's where you, the core and the root of your choices. The second one is subordinate choices. This means the, the means and choices to secure our ultimate choice, which your ultimate choice is, is your supreme choice. So these are smaller sub-choices that are just getting you straight back to the top of the root of your main supreme uh, ultimate choice. And so I, then the next one is a simple choice. These are the smaller choices that you make, the, more of the everyday, more of the, the small uh, circumstantial choices that you make at a moment. And so it says the actual carrying out of our subordinate choices, which are essentially furthering of our supreme choices. So 
And it's crazy. All of these choices literally lead back to your main root source of just the center of why you're choosing the things you choose. So for a really good example, uh, just to make it really simple is, so if your supreme choice is to, to be really, really healthy and to be fit, like if that's your supreme choice, then your subordinate choices are going to be things like getting a good diet, starting a workout plan, um, doing CrossFit, or choosing to meal prep. So those are your subordinate choices. Your simple choices are going to be something like, you know, well, what am I going to eat on my diet? So you already chose a diet. Now you're choosing what you're going to eat. Now you're choosing the ingredients. Are they organic or not? You know, you're starting to choose, are they low carbs? Are they low sodium? Um, and you're starting to choose, yeah, Nestor's shaking his head, no, we don't do that. But, um, uh, but those are the kind of choices that you do or for your workout plan. Like now you're not just choosing a workout plan. Now you're choosing, you know, are we going to do uh, chest and, and triceps or are we going to do shoulders? And, and, you know, you're starting to choose smaller things that all point to your main goal of just, you know, getting fit or getting healthy. And so that's just a really easy example, but this could be, very confusing in your everyday life. And so um, this means your who is the deep-rooted center, and then your whys follow. So your why is just your, your choices, your motives, why you do what you do. Um, but your who is kind of just that deeper embeddedness of just like what is at the, the, the root of your choices. Because everything else will follow. So if your supreme choice is to to be magically in love happily ever after with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, then your subordinate choices are going to be to say no to people, to say no to, to activities, to say no to group things. Um, and you start, so this can have a very negative um, effect as well. It's not just always like, you know, getting fit, getting healthy. This could, can be very damaging if you don't really examine these things. Does that make sense? Are y'all following along? Um, and so it, sometimes, the simple choices can kind of get in our way to where we kind of just don't really know um, that it has a very heavy weight to it. So if we're going to be back to like being healthy and fit, I've kind of been trying to be healthy and fit. I say kind of because I'm just not really succeeding very well for some reason. Um, I eat a lot. I don't know. <laughs> and so, so the simple choice affects all of the reason, like the whole purpose of my supreme choice and my subordinate choices, just because of a simple choice. So, you know, how many of y'all are the ones that when you diet, you always have a cheat day, like every day, every day is a cheat day. And you're like, oh, I'll get back on it. And then you just like get off track. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get back on that one. And then every day just is a cheat day. And so those small, simple choices are very damaging to just all the other choices you made in the beginning. Because, like, if you're like me, you're like, man, like, $160 on a gym membership. And then, oh, I'm going to buy Tupperware for, you know, meal prepping. And then I'm going to buy healthy food. And then you're spending all this money for, with really good choices. But then one simple small choice is, like, just it defeats the whole purpose. And it's like it wasn't what you paid all that money for, right? So um, George Otis Jr. says this. He says, when you boil it all down, everyone's main objective in life is to feel good. We sometimes lose sight of the fact that our primary objective is really to be as happy as possible and that all of other uh, objectives, great and small, are only a means to that end. So the reason behind what you do, uh, it means everything. It's your motive. It's why you react the way you react. It's why you say the things that you say. 
It's whether or not Jesus is on your lips or money is on your lips. Or if scripture is on your lips or you complaining and gossiping about other people all the time. It's the difference. And it's so simple, but it, it, it is confusing. I get it. And it's very confusing to me. That's why I sound like I don't know what I'm saying at all. Um, but it is very simple. It's just looking at the root, the center, what's at the core. And that matters the most. Uh, I remember in LTC classes, um, one thing that I love that we do a lot, we, uh, we, we ask people in the class, uh, name something that has a core. And we're like, oh, well, you know, a banana, a banana, or like, because you, you can peel it off, so it has an exterior and an interior. And, or they're like, oh, the earth, or an egg. And, and he's like, yeah, like, okay, so what's more important with an egg? Is it what's in the inside or what's in the outside? It's like, well, all the nutrients is the inside. The food's in the inside. I get my scrambled eggs from the inside, not the shell. And so I'll die if I eat the shell. And so you, you like, look at the interior and exterior of things, right? And, and it's the core that matters the most. And so, don't get me wrong, though, I, I lose sight of this a lot. And, um, and, you know, this is why I can react, you know, just not really friendly or, or really, like, lazy or have really bad answers to things um, or don't have, you know, don't want to have time for people sometimes, especially in Chi Alpha. And, like, these things, this is the whole reason why I'm doing this tonight is because it hits me hard. I'm like, man, I lost sight. And it's okay to admit that, right? Like, that's where we start redirecting things. And, and I think it's, it's honestly the good part about checking your heart. Because then you're not constantly lying to yourself and, you know, trying to tell other people. It's like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. And they're like, well, why are you never there when we're hanging out and stuff? And, 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 and we start to notice that in ourselves. And so here's another really good quote um, from the, the book from, uh, that George Otis Jr. has. And he says, holiness and moral character can only be determined by observing the in- intention Actions will rarely give us uh, a true picture. And so, um, and that, that hits me hard. And I, I decided to put this in here just because, like, holiness is a thing that not a lot of people can fully understand or comprehend because they don't really understand how you can be holy. Some people honestly believe that you can't really be holy until you get to heaven. And, and so, um, there's a lot that goes into that. But it, a lot of it is rooted in moral character and and. That's in observing the intentions of people's heart. So how many of y'all know the people that are like, or the person, and if, if you don't, it's probably you, but um, there's that person that's always like really like, you know, sarcastic, or they say something that's supposed to be nice, but it comes off so rude, and so you like see right through it, and you're like, I really know you just called me fat. Like, and they're like, but they try to be super nice and like, but you just, you know their intentions. You're like, man, you really don't like me. Like, you can just feel it. It's like resonating off of them. And so like, I think that's like, just scripture has a lot for that. The Bible says a lot. And um, in Matthew 7, 18, 19, he says, a, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the motive is transparent to God. How many of y'all know that God knows what's really in your heart? And that literally everything that determines your fate and, and, and just heaven and hell in general is your heart. Like that's, that's the deal breaker. That's what seals the deal. That's what, what, you know, that's what God looks at. He looks at your heart. He looks at the motives. And so um, God sees the heart. It matters so much to God that you're doing something for the right reason. 
that you're glorifying him and you're honoring him when you're doing it. And if not, then it's your brother and your sisters and you're honoring them and, and you're doing things to, to respect them. And, and so these are just some, sometimes it's not just God that sees it. It's the people around you. It's your roommates that sees it. It's your classmates that see it. Like sometimes people around you can see right through it and see your heart. And I think the Holy Spirit allows that sometimes. Like Holy Spirit's like, hey, Andrew, I'm going to let this person see really, you know, right through you so that they can, you know, convict, so you can feel conviction and start like checking your heart. And so I notice that someone can see that I'm upset, even though I'm not acting upset. I can tell that they know that I'm upset. And, um, and me and Beth have this ongoing thing where like, she'll think that I'm upset. She's like, are you okay? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing. She's like, are you okay? What's wrong? I'm like, I'm great. She's like, you seem mad. I'm like, I'm not mad. She's like, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, I'm okay. And then I'm like, at the point, I'm like, oh, like, then you start screaming. But it's like, then it made me question. Like, I'm like, man, am I really okay? Like, I'm like, oh man. But then you got to prove a point and you're like, I'm okay. And you're like, you're just like, at that point, you're just not really sure what you're doing anymore. But you, you like start to question those things, right? Like, you're like, man, like, or when someone's like, man, like, you know, you don't seem the same like you used to. Or you, like, has something changed? And you're like, no, I don't think so. And, like, it's those, like, inner questions. You're like, man, like, what are people seeing in me that I don't even see? And God can only see it that much more, right? And then you start noticing that. And you got you to give that attention. You have to. You have to look at that and really go, like, well, if it's that noticeable, <laughs> And if it's that hurtful, or if it's that mean, or I've had that many comments about it, then maybe I should check my heart in this. Maybe I should realign my heart, look at what's going on. And so uh, another question that I like to ask, um, and these are questions that I'm asking myself on the daily. Like I always ask myself this, um, and, and I always try to bring it up when I can, but the, the why, why are you a Christian? Super, super basic, super, super simple, right? Why are you a Christian? Oh, because, you know, God's God and he created me. And it's like, it's a question that I would suggest that you keep asking yourself. Um, It's tough, but it reminds you of your core value. It reminds you of your motives. Like, it can be very simple. Maybe you have to have a different question. Why do you, why do you choose to love? Why choose God over what's good? You know, like those questions where you're like, why why am I doing these simple things? Because we need to be reminded of the simple things. Scroggins preached on that a while ago, but it's those things that we do in the everyday. And these are, these are your motives and choices. But looking back to your supreme choices, it's God and man or yourself that are at the center. So the last point that we have, I know that this is really boring, but the last point that we have is whom do you live your life for? Who is in the center? This is a choice that determines your central motives, your supreme goal, and just the root of your choices, the reason of your actions. Sometimes when we live uh, for ourselves, we don't really love well. We don't serve well. We just don't really truly care anymore, right? It's like you start to notice that in yourself. When, you're, when you put yourself at the center, uh, your choices, your your. All your choices, honestly, start to kind of be meaningless. You start realizing, like, you just, you suck at things. You're like, man, I'm really bad with talking to people now, like, that I don't live for God anymore. Who would have thought? Um, 
And this kind of happens when we live for others as well. Like if we're living for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, the same downgrade happens in us. And it occurs when we live for a girl or a guy, uh, we can sometimes serve less. We love others less and simply just don't care anymore. Like who do you do the things for? Like who is the most important being in person in your life? And and it sounds like a really easy question. It's like, oh, that's God. Like it's like super easy to answer, but... But sometimes you've got to be careful with that and really examine things, dissect these things. And um, it's tough sometimes. We hide it from others, and sometimes we even hide it from ourselves. But Scripture points out that, and it really punctures that theology. So in, in Matthew, it also says, um, verse 25, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and selfish indul- self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. We must be wise in choosing to have a really hard conversation. Go like, like, am I, am I treating you wrong? Am I being a good friend? Or I'm sorry that I haven't been a good friend. Like, what do you think I can do? What have I done wrong? And um, just really try to examine those things so that I can, I guess, like what the scripture says, we can clean the inside of the cup and dish. So <clears throat> a lot of times we can be really divided. If you have a what or the wrong who there will ultimately be division, not unity. So, E. Stanley Jones, he says this. He says, Christianity with a what emphasis is bound to be uh, uh, div- div- divisive. Um, but this tendency is lessened with whom emphasis. So, that basically just means the point of division forms from what's, not the who's. People ask what do you believe, right? Like when they ask about your religion, they ask, what do you believe? Not in whom do you trust? So when the central magnetic point is whom, then we are drawn together. I'm going to skip this last quote just because it's really, it's literally like three paragraphs, but it basically gives it an example from a professor. Um, he's, He's an old professor from like 1921, but he basically does an interview and um, he describes in this journal um, what Jesus looks like to him. And it's very, it's very strange, but he talks about like not really visibly seeing Jesus. Like he means like, what does Jesus's character look like to him? And he describes Jesus as this like, just this being, he goes, he's, he's a provider. He's, he's literally just unnatural. He's supernatural. And he gives a description about, you know, the virgin birth. Like he talks about um, just uh, the purity of Jesus and just how clean Jesus is. And he talks about all of these things and it sounds so amazing. And he goes, but some people look at him and just see a man. And, and just because they just see a man, they don't see the same Jesus I see. They just see a man, a simple man. And because of that, they think better of themselves to put themselves in a place where he should be. But it's not until you really see Jesus for who he truly is that you realize how low you are. That you realize like how, how, how great he is compared to you. How natural you are and supernatural he is. How 
small you are and how large and great and, and grander he is and, and his love and how everlasting and, and how um, just he has been here since all eternity and he's helped so many people and you start seeing revelations of his work and you just see his face everywhere. And you look at the beauty of his creation, a sunset, a sunrise, and you just begin to think, and you can't think of anyone else besides Jesus. Rather than just, when I see a sunset, I think about how I want to be with my parents, or I want to be with a girl or a guy, like, or the person I'm dating or a friend. Like, you just think of, I want a sunset just so I can be with Jesus. And it's those kind of, just a simple thought of just redirecting what you see, what you want to see. And it's all about a, a desire. Do you desire to have the right who in that spot? And then to have the right whys. And to be able to see, like, the reason that other people have it, like I did. I remember sitting there, and I could not understand why a Skylar wanted to go to Thailand. I couldn't. But that was because I didn't see Jesus the way Skylar saw Jesus. And we both had the same information. We both had the same access to a Bible, We both had the same access to a lot of resources and books and leaders, and I still just did not see Jesus the same way. And it bothered me. And that encouraged me to have a stronger desire. And I wanted to know what he had. And I wanted to feel that. And I wanted to have my heart break for another country. I wanted to have my heart break for people. And you start realizing that the more you want your heartbreak for, for countries and people and, and people that you can't even speak the same language with, then you start realizing, man, I've forgotten about myself. It's not that I've devalued myself or I don't value myself. It's that I value them more. And I value Jesus and God more. And if, and if it takes $20, $30, $50, $100, if it takes me $2,000 to go across the country, then, then that, that, that's easy, right? And that's why we can sit there and just in the same room have a different thought and go, man, that's a lot of money. <laughs> man, you're going to support raise? You're going to India with $1,800 or $1, $1, you're paying to go serve? Like, and it blows people's minds, but they don't see what you see. And, and that's an encouraging thing, and, and it should be. But we can't discourage people about that, Right? And I believe just as a community, to close us out, we're, we're done after this, but I believe as a community, we need to be finding out how to help our brothers and sisters, right? Not pity them, not feel bad. Um, and, and Skylar did great with me. I never told him, like, man, I really just don't know why you're going to Thailand, Skylar. Like, but I was like, I just, I really just watched him, and he, he was there for me, and he helped me out. Um, our life group leader, Reese, did the same. And, and it was just about having a community that all, wanted to have the right who at the center. And then to have similar whys. That's why we had accountability.